Welcome to the Food Life Podcast. You are about to hear easy to prepare and fun to serve recipes plus cooking tips paired with real conversation about the issues we face every day. It's food and life. And now, here's your host, Donna Britt. Welcome to episode 10, Borders, Boundaries, and Braised Pork Bowls. Now, this is not typically a political podcast, and we're really not going to get political today, although we are going to talk a little bit about immigration. Our current climate is a great backdrop, I think, to also talk about personal boundaries. The personal is political quite frequently. And we'll begin today's podcast with an excerpt from my interview with Isabella Wojcik. You might remember from episode nine that I had a great chat with Isabella when I was in New York recently. She's the director of house programming at the James Beard House. And if you haven't listened to that full interview in episode nine, please do. She's so wonderful and warm and inviting. Isabella is a Polish immigrant. So we're going to hear her perspective on immigration. And I think you'll really enjoy this um, excerpt from the Isabella interview. And from that, we'll spring into the fusion of cultures, which inspires some amazing food. Isabella gets us going in that direction because she brings food into the conversation. So I'll share one of my favorite fusion dinners, which I have fused into a bowl. (laughs) It's a Southern Italian, Southern U.S., um, bowl of sorts with braised pork. I call it my braised pork bowl, and it's braised pork chops and um, greens and beans, along with a very creamy polenta, fried apples, and a balsamic gastric of sorts, um, uh, sort of of my own invention, but it's it's a nice little um, drizzle that goes on top of this awesome bowl. I think you're going to love it. And finally, we will talk about personal boundaries what they are, why we need them, and how you can establish and maintain those boundaries, because I contend that healthy boundaries make for healthy relationships. But first, we're beginning with the conversation with Isabella, talking about her being an immigrant. And Isabella, do you have something that you're willing to say about this topic of immigration? I do, because I've been thinking about it a lot, because Mm -hmm. it was such a point of pride for me to say I was from Poland, because it allowed me this image of, you know, sort of beyond borders or you know, Poland's in Europe and, and forget the part that it's like Eastern Europe and therefore like got made fun of too. Um, <laughs> you know, it wasn't Paris or London, but it was still Europe, which implied sort of white, you know, privileged. If you think about the entire globe and what people around the world are going through, like privileged. And so to me, it was a point of pride to sort of ref- reference the fact that I'm European and I think a little bit differently and my experiences are a little bit broader. And it's been my own personal sort of shock to realize that immigrants become a very dirty political word. And even, you know, even President Trump referenced sort of like the right kind of immigrants versus everybody else, uh, which again uh, implies sort of color and race and, and, and religion and opportunity. I've been thinking about that a lot from that perspective, you know, just how would it feel like 
I mean, I was just fortunate by by genes and timing to be eight. So I was old enough to have these great memories. I spent summers back in Poland. My entire family's there. So it's where my identity is somewhat like roots, but I'm really not like, who are we kidding? I'm not really Polish from Poland. Like, I don't know what life in Poland is like today. It's like a nice little moniker, but it's easy. And for me, it was like easy to be that age and I could adapt to this country and I was accepted and I was smart and you know I'm an only child and so my parents while their struggle was real like we I didn't you know it wasn't there's always warm a warm meal on the table I always had clothes to wear even if they're from the church basement hand-me-downs but there were still clothes so I think about that a lot what would it be like to be an immigrant today and be aware of sort of the hostility and the fear because there's hostility kind of around the world about where you feel safe and secure, where you feel welcome or not welcome, that I wasn't, you know, that wasn't my immigrant experience. Like there wasn't this hostility about not being welcomed. So I think about that a lot. And and how do we even address that? Like, you know, how, how do we fix that? And then professionally speaking, I'm keenly aware of two things. One is our entire restaurant industry and forget restaurants, our entire like hospitality tourism industry is dependent on immigrants fully. And we benefit from enjoying the influence of ingredients and cuisines, you know, and we love like ethnic food and we can't have it always. Mm. We cannot, you know, have an industry that relies on this kind of a labor force. We can't enjoy, you know, using ingredients from other countries that are deeply rooted in that culture and not feel somewhat responsible for taking some action that's positive rather than building walls, you know, keeping people out. I mean, that's my statement about sort of politics. But so I think about that a lot. Um, and at the Beard House, you know, it feels important to celebrate immigrant cuisine and not just like the Italian and French dinners that are, you know, ever popular. But we worked with a very interesting organization called um, the League of Kitchens. And it's actually such a, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Mm -hmm. They're based here in New York City. They have sort of a chapter in Los Angeles. Um, It's a wonderful organization. And it is um, comprised of immigrant women cooks. So they they come from all over Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, India, Thailand, I mean, you name it. They're home cooks. But to be honest, you know, if you grow up in a family where you have to cook for 30 people every day, you're running a restaurant. This isn't like amateur hour. Um, The organization vets these women. They, uh, when you sign up, it's basically a cooking class. It's small because you're you're going into their home. So it's, it's an intimate group of five, six, seven maybe. But basically you take a cooking class with a great cook and a teacher and then you make that meal and then you sit down and you enjoy it. And so it isn't just about, um, oh, I'm eating something Afghani. You are in someone's home. You learn so much more about their culture, about why you're eating this food, probably in Queens or somewhere far flung. Like this is not Midtown Manhattan. This organization is great. I recommend that. But we partnered with them and we brought some of these cooks mm, to the Beard House. Nice. So I'm recognizing it's really important um, to be sensitive to through awareness, exposure, eating, and finding the commonality in these kinds of cuisines. And James Beard wrote about, you know, food is our common ground, which I like to throw around because I think we all eat. Mm. We all have experiences that are very deeply personal around food. And I think that is where we can find bridges and find understanding. Maybe we could invite our president to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) 
and heal the world. What do you think, Isabella? <laughs> I, do th- I do think cult- like diplomacy through food mm-hmm. um, is the only is the only way. I you think know? so. I think so. And I've often thought like <laughs> if you just worked in a restaurant, if you just had to work like every station, uh-huh. um, everybody, <laughs> including world leaders, you know, we'd solve some major problems. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Of course. Awesome. A huge heartfelt thanks to Isabella for her input. I really appreciate that she was willing to be so open and share her perspective about immigration and talk about how it really relates to the food and hospitality and tourism industry in our country. And the quotes, diplomacy through food, that's strong, don't you think? And the James Beard quote, food is our common ground. So that seems to me like my cue to talk about one of my favorite fusion dishes that I make at home. One of my family's favorite dinners is braised pork chops with creamy polenta, braised greens and beans, and fried apples. And this is a fusion of Southern Italian cooking and Southern U.S. food. And what I've done is kind of put it all into a bowl. Now you can say, okay, well, what's the big deal about putting all these things that you usually have on a plate in a bowl? Sometimes when you put things in a bowl, the way they mingle together enhances the flavor, I think anyway. And then I also did make a little bit of a balsamic gastrique or a riff on a gastrique anyway, to drizzle on top. And it brought all of this together. The full recipes, of course, are online at foodlifepod.com. But um, I'll share a little bit about um, how to braise the pork and get your greens and apples going. And also how to make an easy creamy polento, polenta rather. Uh, braising is when you fry or sear something and then cover it in a little liquid and let it stew. So that's what you're going to do is start with some pork chops. They can be boneless or boned, whichever. For this particular bowl, I got some boneless pork chops, center cut pork chops. You can season your pork however you want. I like salt and pepper. Uh, This time I used a little bit of a salt spice rub that I made with some allspice and some ginger and garlic. So you season up your pork, you get a hot skillet, put some oil in it, Brown the pork on both sides. And then what you're going to do is turn the heat down, put a little bit of liquid. It could be water. It can be white wine. It can be red wine. It can be chicken stock, vegetable stock, whatever you want. Put a little liquid in the skillet and then cover it and let those pork chops um, go ahead and cook down until they're done and tender. While that's happening, you can get ready to make your apples. <laughs> and that means you're going to wash and peel and core and slice or chop, um, whichever way you prefer to eat your apple, either in little chunks or in slices. And you're going to saute these apple slices in butter, some brown sugar, um, some cinnamon and ginger. Basically, you're just going to cook those apples down and not not until they're just complete mush and applesauce, but until they're nice and soft. And the other thing that you're going to do is braise greens. So this can be mustard greens, collard greens, Swiss chard, whatever kind of greens you like. Just take the stem out, shred or chop or tear up the greens into bite-sized pieces. And you're going to heat some oil in a big pot, a soup pot, say, and brown some onion. Add a little garlic, maybe a few red pepper flakes. Put your greens in there, salt, pepper. 
Add a little liquid. It can be water or broth, whatever you have handy. Put the lid on, cook the greens down until they start to shrink. And that'll happen fairly quickly. And then once they start to get all the way wilted down, you can squeeze in lemon juice or a little apple cider vinegar. The acid just brings out the flavor. And then if you want to Italian this up, like I did, you can rinse and drain a can of cannellini or white beans, any kind of beans you like, really. Add those to the greens Put the lid on, put them in a warm oven, and just let them hang out until you're ready to put your bowl together, or just leave them on the stovetop. So it's adding those beans that that brings in the taste of Italy. And then finally, you can make polenta a lot of different ways. My favorite brand is Golden Pheasant. It's this brand out of California. And you can just follow the microwave directions on the back. Okay, I'm not always a big microwave waver, but the microwave polenta recipe on the back of that package is really, really good. And it's a fast way to make some polenta, but it also tells you how you can do it on the stovetop or the oven. So really just take your pick. And then I add a little extra butter, a little extra grated Parmesan or Romano cheese, and maybe a little extra half and half or cream when you're whisking that polenta. So you have now your individual components, your pork chops, your fried apples, your polenta, your greens and beans. And then all I did was I swirled some balsamic vinegar into a small saucepan. I added um, a little bit of um, liquid. You could, it could be wine, red wine is what I think I had sitting around, or it could just be a little water or a little rice wine vinegar or something. And you just cook it down a little bit until it um, is thick, but you can still, you can still stir it. It's not hardened all the way. You drizzle that on top of your, of your bowl that you've put a little bit of everything in. Yummy. That's all I'm saying. By the way, a gastric is caramelized sugar um, deglazed with vinegar used to flavor sauces. So the balsamic vinegar is like the vinegar and sugar all in one. And you can just play around. You can you could do whatever you want on top. Squeeze some more lemon, splash some more olive oil or some more red wine vinegar. A nice yummy bowl for lunch or dinner. I think you'll really like it. And again, you can get the full recipes at foodlifepod.com. Okay, so we've talked about the country borders and and how we are a nation of immigrants. We're still dealing with immigration issues right now in this day and time. And it's important, you know, get involved and say what you think. If you're an immigrant or your family is from someplace else, or if you are not from anywhere and you're here, it, it really matters. It's an important conversation to be a part of. And I'm not, I'm certainly not telling you which side of the fence, so to speak, to be on. But whatever it is, let's just have the conversations and let's get it figured out. This is a great country that we're in. It's amazing. And as we go forward into the future, we just want to keep evolving and doing the right things um, so that we are safe and productive and creative and we value each other as human beings for sure. So there's that part. And now I want to talk about personal boundaries. Where I grew up, we didn't really talk a lot about boundaries as far as interpersonal relationships. I don't think I even heard that phrase, boundary issues, until I was way into being an adult. When I was a little girl growing up in a small town in the, small town in the Ozarks, 
we were mostly talking about fences, as in the barbed wire fences <laughs> separating our property from the neighbors so that our cows didn't get into their pasture <laughs> and their pigs didn't get into ours or whatever. And I always remember hearing the saying, fences make good neighbors. And um, I remember thinking about that a lot and not really knowing what I thought about it, just hearing it, and then as time goes by, understanding it more and more. But where I've come to is that personal boundaries, fences, so to speak, I do believe make for healthy relationships. So what is a personal boundary, and why do we need them, and how can we establish them? Well, a personal boundary... And it's hard to define, and I'm not a counselor or a doctor or anything, but for me, a personal boundary is knowing how to mind my own business, how to be there and support and love somebody, but not get overly involved in their business or in their space and vice versa. That can be tricky, especially with family members or for parent, child, etc. But here are some overall general things that I would say help me figure out the whole boundary thing. Advice unsolicited advice, whether somebody is giving it to you unsolicited, (laughs) or you're giving it to someone else unsolicited, unsolicited is the key word. So if you are tending to want to give somebody advice, wait until they ask for it. Or you can ask them, are you asking me for advice? Would you like some advice? Versus being a Budinsky going, well, what you should do How many times have I heard that coming my direction? Well, Donna, what you ought to do is blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Well, thank you for your unsolicited advice. People mean well. We all mean well, I think, overall. But ask for it or ask to give it versus unsolicited. That's a huge thing, at least for me in my life. Once I got that figured out, like, oh, this person keeps telling me what to do, and they're not asking me if I want to know what they want me to do. So just remember asking. And it's okay to ask for what you need. That could be space. It could be time. It can be privacy. And it's okay to ask for what you need. It is. And if somebody's asking you to please give them space and give them a minute, honor that. Practice minding your own business. I think The most valuable thing that my mother ever taught me, and this comes from when I was really, really young, she was always telling the three of us kids to mind your own business, because somebody was always tattling on somebody, and somebody was always bossing somebody else around, and she would come in and say, mind your own business. And if you're minding your own business, and your neighbor or your brother or your spouse or whatever is minding their own business, everybody's taking care of their own stuff, then you can come together and do cool things together, right? Whether it's co-creating something wonderful or painting the house or, I don't know, figuring out how to pay bills, whatever it is. But practice minding your own business first. And remember that each of us is responsible for our own happiness and well-being. Now, when your little kids are little, when you have babies, you're responsible for taking care of them. At some point, kids grow up, they get to an age where part of our job as parents is to teach them how to become responsible for their own happiness and well-being. I really struggled with this one. I still do sometimes where... I just want everybody to be happy, and I want everybody to get along, and I get too involved in in that instead of just letting things be. (laughs) You know, do my part, do my job, do my work, 
and encourage others to do theirs, and then we just have to let it be. Allow others to have their own experiences and their own feelings, even if those feelings make us uncomfortable. Even if we see that they're going to crash into the wall, sometimes we have to let people have their own crashes. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of times we mean well, and we insert ourselves, and we give unsolicited advice, and we tr- we're trying to help somebody. We're trying to prevent them from crashing into the wall that we crashed into when we were their age, and we just want to help them avoid all of that. Well, sometimes we can't do that. Oftentimes, a lot of times, we just have to let them have their own experience. Open and honest communication is a big part of the, the boundary thing, as well as respecting differences. Because we are all different, and that's okay. It doesn't mean we have to be in conflict. It just means that we have to step back and go, okay, well, you're dealing with that differently than I would, but that's okay. That's okay. And finally, never assume. Always ask for clarification. If you're not sure about something that happened or you said something, you think it might have upset somebody, and it might have upset the person. Instead of just assuming that they're upset at you, maybe ask, did what I say hurt your feelings? Or how are you feeling about such and such? So ask for that clarification, instead of making an assumption. I think these are just some general ideas (laughs) that can help you have good boundaries uh, around yourself, and to have good boundaries toward others. You can go deeper and deeper and deeper into this conversation. We can all spend hours in counseling and with therapists about this conversation. And there are all kinds of resources out there. And of course, if you visit foodlifepod.com, as usual, I'll have some links and recommended readings and things like that. I'll also have um, some links so that you can find out more about the uh, League of Kitchens that Isabella was talking about in um, our conversation too. So you can visit anytime foodlifepod.com. If you like what you're hearing in these podcasts, please be sure and subscribe. I appreciate it so much. And give me feedback. I want to hear what you want to hear about. If there's a food thing you want to know about, if there's a recipe you're looking for, or if there's just a topic that you would like to um, have me dive into or talk to someone about, please let me know. I love hearing from you and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.